0: Hey everybody, this is Lucas from Coastal Vineyard. Just wanted to say thank you for downloading this podcast or maybe picking up a CD after service. We love you and we are praying for you. We believe that your best days are yet to come. So expect the best. We hope that this message inspires you and moves your faith into action. So sit back and enjoy. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter 20, and we, this morning, are going to talk about the Sabbath, having a Sabbath, having a rest, Um, but what I'm going to do this morning is, rather than explain to you the importance of having a Sabbath, or rather explaining to you the all of the things associated with having a Sabbath rest and the benefits of of taking a rest and uh, all the things that go along with that, um, I'm going to kind of take it from a different angle. All of those things are good, but I realize in, in me describing it, it's a little bit almost like me trying to describe a sunset. And see, I could tell you all of the words and tell you how beautiful and how amazing it is. But unless you experience it from your, for yourself, you're not going to quite grasp. And so sometimes we approach the subject of the Sabbath. And we approach it almost from the viewpoint of trying to describe a sunset. Of saying well this is the reason why the skies are these colors because the certain wavelengths of light are bouncing across the atmosphere at different lengths and and that's what causes a, a shade of red in, inside of your eye to look in certain shades of pers- of purple because of the distance of the sun and i could tell you all of the reasons why a sunset's beautiful but in the end <laughs> who cares you know it's just beautiful it's awesome and so this morning i w- want to look at the Sabbath from the point of view of just not just explaining it, but really just kind of bringing out the beauty of it. And my hope is that at the end of this service that you would kind of see the Sabbath, you would kind of see this seventh day, this day of rest in a new light, not in the light of the kind of rule and regulation of it, but just in the light of the beauty of it, the beauty of what God is doing. So the book of Exodus and chapter 20, God is giving his 10 commandments. And in verse 8, he says this, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but on the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God, in it you shall do no work You, nor your sons, nor your daughters, nor your male servants, nor your female servants, nor your cattle, nor the strangers, anything who is within your gates. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath and hallowed it. He made it holy. Now, the first thing that kind of want to point out about this is here god is giving 10 commandments. Here god is giving these kind of basic ways of living the christian life. And within it if we kept reading we would read things like don't kill, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't bear false witness. And so like these are kind of things that and god doesn't even really take the time to describe some of these. It just thou shalt not murder. Self-explanatory. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Self-explanatory. But here in the Sabbath, he takes the time to really describe what it is. And in the midst of giving all of these rules and regulations, he says, stop. And he says, Remember. Remember the Sabbath. This would be a little bit like this. This would be a little bit like you going to a new job. And the job and the boss begins to describe to you all of the things that you can and can't do at this job. You are to do this, this, and this. Don't do this, this, and this. But in the middle of it, and the boss says, but stop. I want you to know this day you cannot work. You cannot work. Don't come to work. Don't show up. Don't have somebody else show up in your place. Don't even try and call in. Don't ask for overtime. You can't have it. No work for you this day. And which many of us would be like, yes. That's amazing. That is a wonderful and so god is giving these rules and in the midst of it he's saying stop he's giving these commandments and then if we were to continue to read on in the book of leviticus He's telling more about the laws. And then he begins to describe these certain feasts. And he says, at certain times of the year, there's certain feasts that will be appointed in certain days and certain seasons. And in these feasts, this is how I want you to consecrate these days. And this is how I want you to live out this day for the Lord. And in each one of the feasts, God says, don't work. You shall cease from your labor. So here, here, we, here we find God saying, stop working. And again, he said, now, not only stop working, but there's going to be these certain parties throughout the year. And again, don't work. And there's going to be certain sacrifices that you do and certain things. And it's going to be a day of rest in which you remember. It's a day of remembrance. As a matter of fact, when he's given these Ten Commandments, it's the only one that which he begins off with the word remember. And why does he do this? He does this because he knows we forget. It's really, really easy to forget. But here we kind of see the beauty of God. In the midst of telling us how to live this life, he's saying, take the time to stop. Take the time to go to a party. Take the time to remember and just relax. And that Christmas morning, it's supposed to happen once a week. It's Once a week, take a Sabbath. Take some time to rest. So here, inside the context of Scripture, we find of God that is the ultimate amazing boss that's saying, hey, this is how it's going to be and this is how you should live. But yet, we kind of live in a society where a lot of people have the complete opposite view of God, where God is this kind of mean guy in the sky that the second I do something wrong, he's ready to pounce. But that's not how we read the scriptures, we find something completely different. And we do see these times where God seemingly says things that are harsh, or he's saying, you know, don't do this, don't do this. The penalty of this is this. And he's basically saying, this is the outworking of sin. I don't want you to do it. So if it seems like I'm angry, it seems like it's because if you do this, it's not good. A little bit like if I told every time my daughter tries to go up and f- stick her finger in the light socket. My voice becomes very harsh. Kobe, no, don't do that. It's not good for you to do that. But yet she still tries to do it. And so a little bit, when we read the Bible, and we begin to read some of this language where it seems like God is seemingly upset. Every time it seems like God is seemingly an angry God, it's because he's dealing with sin. It's because he's saying, listen, stop. Stop this path that you're getting ready to go down because it's going to hurt you. And if you just stop and wait and look back and look in the context of the scriptures, we find that is a, a beautiful God. A beautiful God that at times he's reaching out and doing everything he can for us because he wants to draw us near and sin brings us apart from him. And so the question this morning is, how do you see God today? Do you see God as an angry God? Do you see God as an angry God? Maybe because you've been trying to put your finger in the light socket and touch something that you shouldn't be touching. And God's saying, no, stop, don't do that. And see, there's a fear of God that's a healthy fear. And then there's being afraid of God. And see, when there's this healthy fear of God, it draws us closer to him. But when we're afraid of God, It draws us further away from him. Example, um, it's it's like me in the ocean. I have a healthy fear of the ocean. I know without a doubt the ocean can take me out. The power of the waves, that there is all different types of, it could hold me under all of these things. There's no way if I go to try to fight the ocean that I'm going to win. But yet, so there's this healthy fear and respect, but yet I still love it and I still go out surfing and I still go to the water, and it doesn't make me afraid of it, but I have a healthy fear of it. Same way with my relationship with God. I have a healthy fear of him, and I respect him, and with that respect, it draws me close to him, because I want to be close to him. But if I was afraid of God, I would want to stay away. Well, no, the waves are too powerful there's there's sharks in the water there's this thing about God that I don't like God can do this the second I do something wrong God is going to and so no the fear of the Lord draws us close being afraid takes us away and I think that we are people that you came to church this morning because you want to draw close to God because there's something about God that you want to be closer to Now, as a church, we've kind of stated that there's four basic steps into uh, developing and drawing closer our relationship with God, and that's read, pray, give, and serve. Read read your Bibles. Uh, Pray. Because in reading, we develop more knowledge of God. In prayer, we develop a better relationship with God with God. In giving, we put our trust in God. And in serving, we activate the gifts that God has placed inside of us. And we do all those things to draw closer to God, to know him more. Well, this morning, we're going to add a fifth one to it. And the fifth one is this, we have got to learn to rest in God. We have got to learn to rest in God. Now, it kind of seems seemingly like, why wouldn't we have done this one first? Um, it's, it seems the easiest out of all of them. Read, pray, give, serve. Arresting seems I mean, almost, hey, you don't have to do anything. It's the easiest. Um, well, for some of us, this is the hardest thing to do. For some of us, it is the hardest thing to do to just stop. Because we live in a world where I have a video, uh, the world moves like this. And we find ourselves moving like this constantly, day in and day out. And it just gets busier and busier and we add more things and there's more work to do and the list gets longer. And I gotta do this at work and I gotta do that. And so for some of us, some of the hardest things that we could do is to simply do nothing. And yet we find it, in the commandments of God. God saying, This seventh day, this Sabbath day, cease from your work. Stop doing it. Why is it so hard for us to just simply stop sometimes? We find ourselves now at a place um, where a lot of people are making our New Year's resolutions. And there's always the basics, you know, I'm going to lose 10 pounds this year, I'm going to get back into the gym, you know, and Gold's gym is going to be packed out for the next 10 days, and then it's going to be empty the rest of the year, and like, it's okay, just admit it and go on, it's going to be all right. Um, But what if we had another resolution this year? What if instead of making these resolutions of all these things that we're going to do, what if we made a resolution to say, this is what I'm not going to do? I am going to rest. I am going to not work on the seventh day, or whatever that seventh day is for you. It doesn't have to be Sunday. For some, it's Saturday. For some, it's Wednesday, whatever. This day, this time, I set apart this for God, and I am going to cease from working. How about that for a resolution? I think it would change the way that we see God, because here's the reality. We will never risk for God until we learn to rest in God. And you will never, we, we will never, because once we rest, we trust. And once we trust, we risk. And so I could get up here Sunday after Sunday and encourage you to take steps of faith and risk for God, but the thing is you're never gonna risk until you learn to rest. Because we rest in what we trust. And so maybe we're so busy with work because we trust ourselves. We work harder and harder and harder because we think it's all on us. We think it's on our shoulders to make it happen. And the thing is, we've bought into a lie. That is simply an illusion. If we ever get to the point where we think it's all on us, especially me as a pastor, that's the day that I quit. Because I know that I can't make it happen. I know that I can't. Do the work. There's not enough work for me to do, to do what Christ has already done. And so, better for me to learn to just trust. Better for me to learn to rest in Him. Do you think that you hold it all together with your work and with with your effort? Have you learned really to trust God so much so that you can rest? Easy to say. Hard to do. Our society proves that. And within each one of us, I know there's that kind of feeling of like and trust me, guys, I'm totally preaching to myself. I get in that work zone and it's so easy to just, man, but there's so much I have to do. There's this and this and and how is it gonna get done? And God just says just stop. There comes a point where we just got to rest and trust in Him, where our work ceases. And we just live in his work um, there's this thing about work back in uh genesis Genesis one, two, and three. Um, God is creating he 's creating all of these things, and in the midst of a perfect creation before sin had entered, he put man to work, and man was working the garden, he was naming the animals, and he was doing these things so Work in itself is inherently good. Like, there's some of of us have this idea that when we get to heaven, like, there's no more work. (laughs) Like, no, there's still work to be done. Work is good, but there's a problem. See, work the way that you know it now is broken. Work doesn't work the way it's supposed to work. You see, God put him in the garden. And then because of sin, now this is what happens. And he said to Adam, because you have heeded to the voice of your wife and you have eaten from the tree of the fruit, which I commanded you not to. This is what's happening. Cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil, you shall eat of it. So in other words, work's not going to work like it used to work. This ground is now cursed. And now within your work, there is going to be toil to your work. There is going to be things that you are going to toil about your work. And so, which naturally leads us to the next question, does all work have to be toil? Well, have you ever seen um, the TV show uh, Deadliest Catch, where the the shrimp and fishing boats and all these guys, they go out, and certain times, there's certain things that they're catching. Sometimes it's crab and fish and different types of crab at different seasons. And they're kind of in this race to catch as much as they can. So there's always one boat that's just like, Head and shoulders above the rest, and they're just they're just pulling in these crab pots and fish and all this stuff, and and man, it's just amazing. And they've been working for eighteen hours straight, and you watch it on TV, and there's there's a certain kind of liveliness on the boat that man, because these guys know we are making money, we're making bank, and so they are working their butts off, and they're pulling in, and they are just. But there's a certain amount of liveliness even in the midst of them being extremely tired and then it shows a picture of the boat that's not doing so well and these guys are doing the exact same amount of work and they're throwing in their pots and they're doing but they're coming up empty and empty and empty and just but the mood on that boat is a little bit different the mood on that boat is man it just isn't working. What am I going to do? It stinks. Life stinks. I, I don't know. Uh, and, and the guys are complaining. I got bills to pay. We ain't catching. No, it ain't what it used to be. And, and so the mood on the boat, but these and there's just this kind of, mm, and work is really toil. And so the Bible, the Bible tells us a similar story over in the book of Luke, chapter 5. Luke chapter 5, Jesus, and verse 5, saying this, Jesus says, told him to launch out into the deep and to try to catch more fish. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. So here we have Jesus talking to these fishermen, and these fishermen have been out all night doing what? toiling. And they're toiling, why? Because they have caught nothing. They are just like these guys on the deadliest catch that have done all this work only to come up with nothing. And when they had done, but at your word, Lord, nevertheless, we will let down our nets. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and that their nets were breaking. And so they signaled to their partners in the other boats to come over and help them. And they came and they filled both the boats, so much so that the boats began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell down on his knees saying, depart from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. So what has happened? These guys have gone out fishing all night long. And because they've caught nothing, how does Simon Peter respond to their work? Well, our work is toil. It's the same thing word here used in genesis 3 we've done all of this work and it's just tw- it's all for nothing and so jesus says "Well, will throw in your nets again now all of a sudden they are catching all of these fish and with catching all of these fish comes even more problems because their nets start to break their boats start to sink and they're doing all of this work all this work they're hauling in hundreds of pounds of fish or, w- or whatever it was and but now there's a certain liveliness the work isn't so much toil interesting that they grew more weary from not catching anything than they did from catching it they grew more weary from not catching anything than they did from catching it because when they were catching there was a lot more work involved the nets were breaking the boats were sinking there was all this to be done what's the point fishing is great when you're catching fish But every fisherman knows that there are going to be days when you go out and you catch nothing. The first thing that we must realize about work is it's broken. And without a healthy understanding of this, we are going to quit way too often and far too easily. Because in the words of the famous song, Mama said there'll be days like this There'll be days like this, my mama said. There will be days when you catch plenty, and there'll be days when you catch nothing. So what does that mean? Does that mean that all work is toil? Hmm. Well, to answer that, we have got to see God's plan of redemption. See, God's plan of redemption for a lot of us has been told like this. We've been told that when you come to Jesus, life is somehow going to get just kind of magically better. Everything is going to work out for you. Your bills are just going to get paid. Money will fall from the skies. Perfect health in your body, and you will never get sick again. And your kids will just be little angels that play harps at night and all of these things. So come to Jesus. It is amazing. Only to have come to Jesus and realize wait a minute, some things aren't going right. Things aren't what you told me they were going to be. I still get sick. My kid still runs around. My car still breaks down. My wife still burns the chicken. All of this stuff still happens. It's not the way it's supposed to be. And so understanding redemption is this. God doesn't like to remove you from the storm, but God likes to give you a way through the storm. The entire work of redemption is God working inside of humanity, not humanity escaping the world. I'm in this world, but not of it. In other words, this, whether you go out and catch lots of fish or go out and catch no fish, there is redemption process within your work. Work at work in which God is making all things new and all things perfect. That is a huge difference. In other words, this when you lose, you still win. Even when I lose, I win. Even when I catch nothing, God is good. And so is all work to work Work is broken. See, but I could live a redemptive life in which it doesn't matter my life based upon what circumstances are around me, but it matters based upon who he is and what he is doing in my life. And so whether the boat is sinking because it's full of fish or whether the boat and it seems like all night has just been toil, it's okay because God is good. And some of us have been working hard and working and working and working. And it seems like all we've done is come up with thorns and which that's what mama said. There'll be days like this. There'll be days like this, my mama said. But there's another person that said it, God. God said to Adam from the very beginning, listen, now what you've done has caused this to happen and now there's a curse on the ground. Now your work will not produce what it used to be. Now your work now will produce from the sweat of your brow and thorns and thistles in your hands. So in other words, there are gonna be days when you come up short. It's gonna happen. But in the midst of that is redemption. In the midst of this process, it's not all about you. You see, God is is working all things to make all things new. And so in the midst of all of this working, whether you come up short or whether you have plenty, remember to take the time to stop and rest and remember the Sabbath. Remember to keep it holy. In order for this to happen, we've got to stop. In order to live this kind of overcoming, redeeming life, it's a commandment. And sometimes we kind of treat it as if it's optional. But what if we took, remember the Sabbath, keep it holy? What if we took that as serious as doubt shall not kill? It's like, it's that serious. (laughs) So here's the thing. This is the point at the end of the year where most, I don't want to say that, where a lot Of people will begin to talk about how 2013 is going to be such a great year and it's going to be so wonderful and blessings and blah, 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 and all that good stuff. And and you've heard all that before. And I'm going to be honest with you, that's not really what I kind of feel God's saying. I really feel like God's saying that 2013 is going to be full of a lot of challenges. That there's going to be a lot of challenges that you're going to face in this coming next year there'll be a lot of tests that we will have to go through. And if we're gonna learn to pass these tests, we have got to learn to rest in God. That he prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. That though there may be things going on all around us and it seems like the world may be just being flipped upside down, that he has a table in the very Mist of our enemies. And that is a beautiful, beautiful thing. If you want to eat at this table, you've got to learn to rest. If you want to have that peace in the midst of chaos, you've got to learn to rest. If you want to feel what that security feels like in the midst of hard times, you've got to learn to to rest we must remember the sabbath and keep it holy it's not just once a year and it's a beautiful thing and so for me to just to describe to you what it's like again it's like me trying to describe to you a sunset there comes a point where you have just got to experience it for yourself you've got to know the beauty of resting in god Because here's the thing, everything that is beautiful, you must pause. Everything that is beautiful, you must pause. You will never, ever run through an art gallery. And yet that's how we live our lives. Everything that is beautiful is worth pausing for and resting in and waiting and taking that moment in Mark two twenty seven, Jesus says this the Sabbath was made for man not man for the Sabbath in other words it's made for you it's a gift it's a present to be able to cease from working and stop in the midst of all of this and find a table in the midst of your enemies, and to sit with God, and to learn what it is to rest. In this has been a presentation of Coastal Vineyard Church, a community of faith, hope, and love. For more information on who we are and how you can support future podcasts, visit us on the web at www.coastalvineyard.org. Come to the sea.